Welcome in, welcome back to the College Football News Podcast. Week 6 is here, and we're set to preview it. It's Nick Shepkowski alongside Pete Futek, as always. Coming up in just a little bit, the grand poopa of the AP poll, AP writer, the head of all of that, Ralph Russo, going to be kind enough to join us and talk some college football with us, preview some of the biggest games this week. And there are big games, Pete, because last week left the... Left, left you wanting a heck of a lot more if you're a college football fan. Week 6 provides just that. It, it Last week gave us a gem, though. It gave us Clemson, North Carolina. You're that's right. That's going to be the talking point for the rest of the year. There might not have been anything else scintillating, but that's the one. That's the that's their one big maybe blip is going to be that they almost lost to North Carolina. But everything else last week, yeah, and Ohio State, Nebraska was nothing, and you know some of those Pac-12 games were interesting but not great. So it was a it was a week, but it was pretty forgettable outside of the ACC. Yeah, forgettable outside of the ACC. But this week we get a lot of marquee matchups, whether it's Iowa at Michigan, if it's where game day is going, and the huge battle with Florida hosting Auburn. Ohio State, Michigan State's a, a, a damn compelling game as well. Oregon gets a test against a Cal team that was uh, a lot of people were falling in love with early on. They finally fall last week to Arizona State, but that's an interesting matchup also there. And it, it should just be finally, not that it hasn't been a fun season so far, it's been a damn fun season, but this is one of your better weekends, at least in terms of games after games after games, that you're really looking forward to. It's building. It, we're not quite there yet. These are big games in a lot of ways. It's, it's almost like an elimination weekend for some of these uh, teams, like the Florida-Auburn losers still in it, but they're in big trouble. Certainly, uh, if Iowa or Michigan loses, there's a big problem there. So it, it's just part of the, the overall puzzle. But, yeah, these do feel like big games and should be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, it starts on Friday night, and it's not a game that's going to turn an entire country to make it watch it. But your thoughts on the Cincinnati unveiling of whatever that field was that they uh, that they unveiled earlier this week? There are very few sides of me that are old guy, get off my lawn. I, I don't like uniform changes. I don't know why I'm, I'm weird like that. And the whole changing up of the – if you're Boise State, it's fine. That's always been your thing. I, I don't like the retina-burning ones from, like, the bright red of eastern Washington. And the spooky thing that, that Cincinnati's doing, all right, I guess you need a gimmick, but, yeah. And it's the most interesting Cincinnati football has been. I will tell you what, though. I since do Brian Kelly there, since your guy was there. That's right. I, I do like Cincinnati in that game, though. I've been high on the Cincinnati team all year long, and I think UCF is in for a rude awakening on Friday night. But the many more marquee games to get to, ones that aren't your um, your non-Power 5 teams that I know that you hate to have to talk about and, and lower yourself to so often. Well, there's no need to this year. <laughs> you're right. Unless you're SMU or you're Appalachian State. And that, that would have been our conversation, by the way. Had North Carolina converted on that two-point conversion, our conversation this week would be, Appalachian State has to be ranked ahead of Clemson because of the ASU win over North Carolina. But since that didn't happen, we can live in a Power 5 world where great teams with NFL talent and players all rule the college football world, and everyone else is kind of playing to be in the belt. Uh, not even the belt bowl. That's, that's actually a good bowl. I should actually not dog it that way. Uh, some of the other bowls, which I will not dismiss. But, yes, I, I'm sorry to be so mean to the group of fivers of the world. It, it's okay. It's it's all right. College football elitist Pete Futek. That's what you are, and it's we appreciate it because at least you're honest with yourself. Like, you, like you're your, watching. 
watching South Alabama versus Georgia Southern this week. Yeah, you know, if it was on a television and there was nothing else on, then yes, I probably would be, but am I going out of my way to do so? No, you're calling me on my own BS there. I don't think there's a bigger game or a game I'm more interested in than Florida hosting Auburn. And you I've, just want to be right. You just want Florida to fall flat so you can be like, ha-ha, Florida sucks. See, I don't think Florida's that great, but I, and I know it sounds ridiculous. It's two unbeaten SEC teams at this point in the year. Sure, it's still early. I don't love Auburn either, though. All right, wait, I'm going to flip and this And one of them's going to be 6-0. and saying, Florida's not great, Florida's not great, Florida's not great. Why, just because they're not scintillating, that's a, they're not being all Oklahoma and putting up a million points, why isn't Florida that great in your mind? Well, because I think when you look at the SEC and the way the SEC currently is, you've seen LSU's offense emerge. You've seen... But they have no defense right now. You're right about that part, but Florida also doesn't have an offense that really scares you either. That if you if you're gonna go into that game here in a couple of weeks when those two play, it's all right. LSU's probably gonna put up a 35-ish spot. Is Florida going to be able to keep pace with them? Florida's got a nice defense. I just don't think see them having the dogs to run and keep up with in LSU, Alabama. If they're eventually gonna turn into that, Missouri even that's gonna be an interesting game. I think later in the schedule, or late in the November, for this Florida team to have to go on the road. And play there. It's just I, I I'm very much like I love defensive football and I like that and I, I'm not turned off because a game's only twenty four to twenty and some of the styles that Florida has played so far this year. I just don't think in compared to some of the big dogs in the SEC that they're quite there. Here's the thing. They can lose this game and, and this is a bigger game for Auburn. Because if Florida loses, you still have LSU, which all right, I, I, they might be able to hang with them, and they still have Georgia. Those are their two big games. I know I like Missouri too, but realistically, if you're really talking about SEC world, championship world, you got to take that game down. Whereas Auburn, you still got to deal with that Alabama thing at the end. Mm-hmm. You still got to deal with LSU, and I'm blanking, but I believe they have one other really nasty game to deal with. It's not Texas A&M. I think they have something else. But they already beat it, Texas A&M, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I'm, that's why I'm blanking. Um, whatever. So they, they still have Alabama. They still have LSU. I, I know if Georgia and LSU is not any better, but I just feel like if Florida loses, they could win that Georgia game in sort of a dogfight of a game, no pun intended. Uh, I just, Auburn, I feel like if they lose, they're pretty much out. Yeah, well, they have Florida this week. Gets easy at Arkansas next week for Auburn. Then it's, what do you know? Actually, it's a bye week and then Arkansas. Then it's at LSU. Okay, then a breather. Yeah, then a breather against Mississippi. Then home against Georgia. Breather against Samford. And then Alabama. That's why. Okay, so Georgia's what I was missing out of that. Yeah, and then if the planets align, then it's probably Georgia again waiting for them in the SEC title. Yeah, so they're not winning all three of those big games, and if they they beat Florida, they can win two of the three and survive. If they lose to Florida, they're going to have to do a clean sweep, and that's probably not happening. Yeah, I I just don't see a Florida quite being there yet, and I don't think that they're – I don't know. I, I look at Georgia and the nastiness of their running game. I like their quarterback situation a lot better, and sure, part of that's based off of health. But I think that there is just a significant tier between your top billings in the SEC and then getting to Florida. And that's not to say that Florida is not a program to use one of your favorite phrases on the come. I think they are. I I just don't think they're quite there yet. They're almost a lesser version of Texas A&M, what Texas A&M is going to be or we expect them to be. Florida's kind of that example to me or they're 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 that version in the East. 
it's hard to I, I get it. They're they're it, when they struggle so much. I blow up I just blow off the week zero game because it's week zero and it, it just no one's gelled yet. It's just you're trying to survive in advance. So, but that game against Miami didn't really inspire a whole lot of confidence. The game against Kentucky wasn't all that big a deal. And on the flip side, let's say Auburn wins this. On resume, how are they not the number one team in the country? I mean, I know Texas going to Texas A&M isn't that big a deal, but that's still a restaurant quality win. I love this. I'm loving Oregon more and more by the week. That win's going to look amazing. And then you go to Florida. So that would be three huge wins away from home. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I that's and, and a chance to even better that allow you to get away with a loss in that murderous row of a schedule that comes up for them. Yeah, if it's based on solely what you've done so far this year, I have no problem if people are to vote Auburn number one right now. And if they go on the road and beat Florida, obviously that only adds to that resume, even if I don't think Florida is truly amongst the elite teams in the SEC or in the country as well. I think old Bo Bo Nix is going to be in for a little bit of a long day down there in the swamp. But I'm picking Florida. I do think that the Gators pull this off just because the home field aspect of this, and I think that defense is going to be in for something big. That's a fair pick. I I like Auburn. I never like road games. I know it. I'm going against things that I like to say. Florida has the better defense. Auburn has the freshman quarterback going on the road. With all that considered, I still like Auburn to sneak one out in this game. I think Gus Malzahn has something. I've never admired you more. Sticking with your guns. Well done. That's what I'm trying to do. That's why uh, why we do this each and every week, so we can make fools out of ourselves on a weekly basis. Uh, Other big games, speaking of making fools out of ourselves, Michigan hosting Iowa. It's put up or shut out time for your guy Harbaugh. Yeah, I, I've been, you know what I mean? I'm the apologist here, but if they lose, the, this is one of those, it's almost can't win games because if they beat Iowa, it's like, okay, well, you're supposed to beat Iowa because you're Michigan, even though Iowa's really, really good. This is a rock solid team. Nate Stanley's going to be one of those mid-range NFL draft picks who, who sort of hangs around the league for 10 years and gets a cup of coffee as a starter somehow. Uh, they've got the lines. They've got the defense. I mean, it's a, it's a typical, really good Iowa. Iowa team and if Michigan wins it can make oh great you beat Iowa but they could absolutely lose this or they could win and not look all that great along the way it's gonna be like all right well that Michigan just still doesn't look good if they lose this with Michigan State coming up with Penn State coming up with Ohio State that's a problem because you're not winning all three of those games if you're not good enough to beat Iowa. Yeah, and they have Notre Dame. I know it's out of conference, and it doesn't ultimately matter for Big Ten and getting to Indianapolis like they want to do. But that's they haven't looked the part for a team that still has three or four pretty daunting tasks ahead of them at this point in the season. I I don't like this Michigan team. I haven't been huge on them all year. I wrongly picked them to turn some heads and kind of kind of look right against Wisconsin a couple weeks ago, and they made me look like a fool, but I'm kind of going back to that again when I look at this game. For me, it's a Michigan team that the talent has to show up at some point. Outside of Ohio State, there's no one in this conference that has more talent than this Michigan team. I know Penn State would make an argument, of, hey, we should be in that discussion. Wisconsin probably has a thing or two to say with their great Yeah, I think Wisconsin's probably got them on just overall NFL talent when, you're talking, when you include the linemen involved here. But, yeah, they're there. But they're, they're right there. There's no reason that the Iowas of the world should be giving him all kinds of trouble this weekend. This is a team that 
we hear it about NFL quarterbacks. Oh, so-and-so didn't survive or didn't ever make it as a pro as a great because they were changing offense with coordinators and changing schemes. But then Michigan does it this year, and it was like the expectation was, oh, right, Shea Patterson's going to be fine with it. Everything's going to click. It shouldn't, I guess, it shouldn't have been that surprising for us to see this Michigan, I hesitate to call it a disaster because the Rich Rod thing or the Brady Hoke thing, those were disasters, but this disappointment, I suppose. Yeah, I think they win, though. I think they pull this thing off. I think the passing game clicks. And you're dismissing the near-perfect performance. They got a coach fired that last week. That says something about this Michigan team. They dominated your Rutgers Scarlet Knights without a problem. And I, I do think that they win this. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think there's going to be lots of field goals, uh, lots of mistakes. I, but Michigan wins, survive in advance. And, again, we're talking next week about, eh, they just they just don't look the part. But you know what? They'll just keep winning. Like I said a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Florida and Tennessee, I don't count that as an SEC win for Florida when you go to Tennessee and win anymore because it just doesn't mean anything. Same thing applies when you beat Rutgers. Fire their coach or not, 52 nothing over Rutgers. Uh, it, it counts as nothing for me. So that's 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 a week without no, a Big Ten win for me in Michigan. But here's the flip side of that. If it wasn't that, if it was, oh, like a 30-19 to 19 game or something where they, they kind of sputtered and coughed and struggled, be like, oh, God, look out. So they had they, they were perfect in that game. They did everything that they were supposed to do. Finally, the other big game in the Big Ten this week, Michigan State goes on the road. They will take on a very tough and daunting uh, Ohio State squad led by Justin Fields, an offense that scored at will last week against Nebraska, made that very uninteresting in primetime very early on. And to me, an Ohio State team that looking on both sides of the ball, look who they've played so far, they have a case to be in kind of that discussion for, for for getting number one votes along with Auburn, kind of like we just discussed. They've been perfect. There's you, you can point to the Alabama defense struggling a little bit. LSU secondary has decided not to show up so far this season. Georgia's offense hasn't quite been as explosive as you might want. Clemson, you know, their issues right now where they haven't quite played up to their normal snuff. There hasn't been a blip when it comes to the Buckeyes. They have been perfect in every phase. Special teams, their kicking game's great. Fields has been flawless. Their defense, they, Chase Young's the best player in college football this year. He's not going to win the Heisman or anything, but he'll be the number two pick in the draft. They have been absolutely amazing. And I will not be shocked if Mark D'Antonio comes out and pitches a gem. It just, the Michigan State over the years has been able to just rise up and do, just muck it up, play great defense, and survive. The, Justin Fields has not had to deal with any sort of adversity yet. Ohio State wins, but I'm not going to be shocked if Michigan State makes this interesting. Yeah, it's something that Mark D'Antonio's done before. Gone on the road to the horseshoe and either won or made life an absolute hell on some very good Ohio State teams. What else are you looking forward to this week specifically? Gone over the games of between at least top 25 teams. What other ones on this schedule stick out to you of what we might learn about a team or a player or uh, how the rest of the season is going to shake down? I am becoming a bigger and bigger fan of the Pac-12 this year. It's it's fun. It's a fun league. Unlike last year, it was boring and bad. This year, it's kind of fun and bad in a lot of different ways. And fun trivia game for the moment, off the top of your head, you've got a battle of the two teams that are leading the Pac-12 South this weekend. What is that game? The Pac-12 South. Who is the Arizona? The two leaders, the two unbeaten leaders in the Pac-12 South. Who's Arizona State playing? Arizona State lost to Colorado. Oh, you're right. Oh, my God. Who is, oh, Jesus, who the heck is it then if it's not? 
Oh my God, I feel like an idiot then. If Arizona Arizona's State... playing Mel Tucker's Colorado Buffaloes for the lead in the Pac-12 oh South. Lord. Yeah, exactly. It's it's. But when UCLA stinks and you see USC is having its issues, Utah lost to USC. This is it. Now this is one of those teams is going to be able to rise up a little bit. But to me, the game. Cal playing Oregon. I, I am a, a full-on Oregon meatball at this point. I They are killing everyone. That defense is destroying everyone. I think they've allowed something crazy like 15 points in their last three games. Justin Herbert has yet to throw an interception. They basically had two bad minutes against Auburn, and other than that, this team has been perfect. If they're really that good, Cal with their Devin Modster at quarterback now, their defense is good, but it is beatable. If Oregon is the real deal, then they take out Cal, and all of a sudden that they kind of keep on rolling along to that game against Washington in a few weeks. Yeah, that's a, that game against Auburn is still stunning to me in week one of this season because, I mean, you said it, outside of probably two minutes of that game, outside of a fumble in the red zone, I mean, health, the red zone health right at the goal line is where yeah. it happened in that. Oregon dominated that game for like 89 93% somewhere in there and still walked out with an L, and I, I guess the good news for that is you run the table, that loss came at the right time, and that Auburn squad, if it's any consolation whatsoever, is looking pretty damn good itself. Yeah, but the college football playoff rankings aren't like the AP and coaches poll. They take, it, it doesn't matter if you win or lose game one or game, game 12, it's all the same to them. That's what they say, but I, I don't know if I always necessarily buy that. We have a conversation coming up here. Ralph Russo from the AP. He's the man in charge of the AP poll. Organizes all of it, laughs at a lot of the voters for their dumb, bad votes and top 25s just like you and I do. And he'll join us next. It's Nick Shepkowski and Pete Futek on the College Football News Podcast. Hey, do you like to have a little action on the games you're watching? Would you rather donate to a great cause than to your bookie? If so, go check out scoresplit.com. At Scoresplit, you can join a square pool or strip card for whatever game you're watching, all while benefiting your favorite local or national nonprofit group. Here's how it all works. You pick a square, just like your traditional football squares, and if that score matches up, you split the pot with the thankful organization. It's as easy as that, and there's the best part yet to come. You sign up at Scoresplit using promo code CFN. Simply type in CFN when you deposit your money, they're going to give you a free 10 bucks just for listening to this podcast and referencing this podcast. It gets the fun started, gives you 10 extra bucks to spend, and hopefully win money off of as well. Visit scoresplit.com or download the Scoresplit app from the App Store or Google Play today. Scoresplit, you can't win if you don't play. Ralph Russo from the Associated Press was kind enough to join us this week on the College Football News Podcast. We spoke to him for about 20, 25 minutes straight. A little bit about the new law out in California for paying the players and college athletes for their likeness. You can hear the full interview, collegefootballnews.com. You go to the top, you go to the podcast page up on the top, and you can find it right there. But we pick up the conversation previewing week six of college football Pete Futek begins by asking a little bit about the transfer rule and how it's affected this season's national championship and college football playoff outlook. And we've got uh, Jalen Hurts doing historic things now. We've got uh, Justin Fields doing this. We have a real live college football playoff chase, mainly because you have these superstar NFL caliber quarterbacks able to transfer. And now the great part about this season is it's not just Clemson, Alabama. We have six legitimate national championship teams and a bunch of other ones that are right there in the mix. 
Yeah, I was going to flip it around on you and ask you a question because that's what I felt. And that, that seems to be where the consensus is heading is that coming into the season, we said Clemson, Alabama, or the field, right? Clemson, mm-hmm. Alabama, or the field, which do you take to win the national championship? And I think most of us would have taken Clemson, Alabama. Um, I think now there's a lot of folks who are going, well, let me look at that field again. Because I know Georgia was good, and they look pretty good. But boy, Ohio State looks great. And boy, you know, Oklahoma's playing just a little bit of defense, and Jalen Hurts. They're second in the nation in third down conversion defense. Oklahoma. Right, right. And you can tell me the competition stinks, but Oklahoma, bad competition has not stopped Oklahoma from giving up a lot of points before. Right? They have been bad against bad competition. So that's not necessarily just a, a total excuse. So, And then you're right. You look at LSU has now, I think, moved away from the, the dinosaur age of offense. And we're all looking forward to Alabama and LSU being a Big 12 game this year. That'll be fun. Um, but, no, you're right. I, 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 so, I'll, again, I sort of turn it on you. Would you now take the field or Clemson LSU? I, I will Clemson, take the Alabama. field, and then, but I'll say this. Now, if it's Clemson, Alabama, it's going to be like epic, even more epic. For maybe there was a malaise before. Now, maybe not so much Clemson because they're going to be 13 and 0 without playing a team that's going to be ranked in your poll at the end of November. But maybe Very if possible. Alabama gets there, you're going to say they went through something. Or even if Clemson gets to the national championship, they're going to have to beat an Ohio State or an Oklahoma. So I guess I'm taking the field right now because we're one Clemson loss away from them probably being out of the college football playoff mix because of their schedule. So I guess long-winded way of saying, I guess I'm taking the field. What's also interesting, and you mentioned the, the, the quarterbacks, and I, I, I love the, the story, not only because they're great players, but it provides all these this possible intrigue. Can you imagine a playoff game with Jalen Hurts against Alabama? A, a, a playoff game with Justin Fields against Georgia? You know, the, the combinations that you could possibly make here um, and just, you know, just the idea of, of Ohio State possibly getting to a playoff and maybe Georgia not. Ohio State beating an Alabama while Georgia lost to Alabama with Fromm and Again, it's it's so juicy. LSU possibly playing Ohio State. You have Burrow against Fields. So for someone whose job is stories, my job is stories, the juiciness of these possible stories because of the, the, the backstory with these quarterbacks and where they have come from and what the matchups could possibly be. I mean, uh, you know, I'm in heaven because it, 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 it could be just some tremendous stories to tell. Yeah, two teams that we haven't mentioned yet but are both unbeaten and play this weekend pretty much feels like an elimination game to me. Maybe you guys can correct me if you think I'm wrong. But Auburn and Florida, I, I just have one question about this game, Ralph, and I've asked it to Pete week after week after week. Is Florida actually good? <laughs> See, I- I'm with you on that question because here's the way I framed it. I believe if Auburn wins this game, road game at Florida, I think Florida is good enough that I will be impressed with our, uh, Auburn winning this game, and especially if they were to win it going away. Like If Auburn goes in there and really takes care of business on Florida, I will say, you know what, road win in the SEC, coming off of a big win, that's impressive. And maybe I'll slip Oregon into that group of legitimate national title contenders. 
I was going to bring them up. That's the team no one's talking about. They are killing everybody. That defense is amazing. If they beat up Cal, that they're going to go 12-1, and one, and I think they're going to be right in the mix of this thing. The, the diff, oh, was it with Oregon, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I think I, I meant to say Auburn. Auburn. Oh, yeah. I'm I, sorry. I, I, Oregon, I, I think I that, mis- but yes. Because I'm sorry. I keep mistaking Oregon for Auburn. So, so with Auburn, if Auburn beats Florida, I will slip Auburn into the mix. And you're right. You know, I'll, I'll actually agree with you there, too. Oregon, we might be forgetting Oregon a little too soon, especially if Auburn keeps winning. So if Auburn moves in and win and beats Florida, I could push them into the mix of possible national championship contenders. I'll flip it around, though. I don't think the same if Florida wins. Like, I'm still a little worried that Auburn's offense is, is going to have to protect a freshman quarterback in certain games, and I don't know if you can win, beat LSU, beat a Georgia, beat an Alabama but while you're protecting your freshman quarterback. So I'm still, the jury's still a little bit out for me on Auburn. That would be removed a bit if they were to be Florida, but I'll flip it around. If Florida wins, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm sold on Florida. I'm not pushing them into the, that tier of national championship contenders. I'm probably docking both teams and saying, you know what? Florida looks like a 10 to 15 team. Auburn is a 10 to 15 team but they're, neither of them are national championship level. Looking at other games this week as well, a couple of top 25 games to look at here locally, Iowa and Michigan for Midwesterners. Michigan, 3-1 and one on the season. That one is a big one, though, as Wisconsin ran them out of the building, building a couple weeks back. Pretty much a bye week last week against Rutgers to get right. What Michigan team can we expect to show up in what feels like a must-win for them for respectability's sake against number 14 Iowa? Yeah, it really is. And this month, I believe Michigan's got Iowa, Penn State, and Michigan State. I'm pretty sure they have all those this month. They have a they have a pretty challenging month where they can sort of redeem themselves to a certain degree. Now, listen, they'll always be judged by how they do against Ohio State. So even this weekend, right? Uh, I have my I'm starting to have my doubts about Harbaugh too, but I do think a lot of the Harbaugh criticism maybe has been a little overblown because essentially if Michigan wins this game, a lot of folks will shrug and go, oh, they were favored, they were at home, they should win it. But if Michigan loses this game, it's DEFCON 1, right? It becomes, oh, it's another big game where Michigan couldn't win. So uh, you're right. There's not a lot for Michigan to gain out of like sort of just taking care of business, but they do need to take care of business this weekend. If we're going to salvage this season at Michigan, if Michigan is going to be able to put together a season where they go into the Ohio State game with some intrigue and interest, they got to win this game. They got to beat Iowa at home because, you know, listen, if you have a couple more stumbles, then we won't even care about Michigan and Ohio State. It'll just be a coronation for the Buckeyes. As I've annoyed Nick to death with this entire offseason we've been talking about, I'm a Harbaugh apologist. Uh, be careful what you wish for. The guy wins 10 games every you know, three out of his four years. Yeah, with He's that said, Pete, this thing I meant to tell you this earlier today as we record this on October 3rd. Happy Jim Harbaugh Day, 10 and 3. Yeah, it there is. We go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know what? And Nebraska would wish for the Bo Pelini days back <laughs> of having September 3rd be a thing. 
so I ask you, Ralph, what's missing from Michigan? Why is this? Because he's good. I know he, he's Jim Harbaugh and he brings it all on himself. But why isn't this happening outside of not being able to beat Ohio State? Why isn't Michigan a, just a shoe-in for the college football playoff discussion every year like it probably should be? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things going on here. I, I, I do think, again, I'm a little like you. I was a bit of an apologist, and I was firmly in the camp of, listen, he gets crushed every time he loses a game, and it's not – And Michigan, but Michigan is healthier than it's been in years, and eventually it'll, he'll get it right. And then 62-39 to 39 happened – I think that was it, 62-39 to 39, happened yeah. last year. And it made me go, you know what? Maybe something isn't right here. And especially the fact that the last three big games have been such poor performances. The first time I have thought, you know what, maybe this isn't working. Maybe this is not. And if it's not working, as you said, why? Then my mind goes to, is Michigan Nebraska? Is Michigan a program that just is not capable of being great again? Now, Michigan's got a lot more players around it than Nebraska does. And Nebraska, the landscape, you know, the, the earth shifted under Nebraska. And all of a sudden, the landscape of college football changed, and, and it hurt Nebraska. But I, you do start wondering if there are things going on with the landscape of college football. And maybe Michigan just can't be the equal of Ohio State anymore. And I don't know if Michigan fans want to hear that, but when what has happened over the last three big games happens – and what has happened with that rivalry over the last 15 years happened, I think you do find, can sort of step back and go, wait a second, maybe this isn't about the coach. Maybe this is about the program. Maybe this is about the landscape of college football. Maybe there's something bigger going on here that's working against Michigan. If only Michigan was nearby, oh, let's say a pretty prominent car company that could sponsor players. <laughs> or maybe I have a little bit of a chance here. That, they need everything to work out for them at this point there, Pete. And I know you like to, like to tell me how Michigan is a thing and how Michigan's going to be back and compete for the Big Ten. And I told you all off season, so I'm going to spike the ball on that one, Pete. Hey, in, a, they can do it. They're not done yet. Uh, not done yet, but let's check in after Iowa, check in after Michigan State on that schedule, check in after Ohio State, and we'll see how your little Wolverines are doing there. I know they're not your actual Wolverines. Um Looking at it, though, here, Ralph, the other game this week, Big Ten-wise, it's interesting for us. Michigan State goes on the road to take on Ohio State, and I, I, Michigan State's been a little bit of a disappointment to me. I had them actually as a uh, dark horse Big Ten contender in this. Who is Ohio State's toughest competition here fr- from here out? Is it the likely meeting Wisconsin twice they'll have to get through? Is it Michigan State in that tough defense? Is it a Penn State team that has just lightened up the scoreboard left and right seemingly every week lately? Uh, just one note on Michigan State. You know, they played that horrible game in, on national TV against Arizona State. And I think we were all about, blah, they just, this offense is awful. And they've just been spinning their wheels for five years now. And I've, I've had enough of Michigan State. You know, underneath the surface, they've actually played a little better offensively this year. They played a nice offensive game last week. They played a nice offensive game the week before. So maybe they are, even in the Arizona State game, they moved the ball a lot, but they malfunctioned near the goal line. So maybe Michigan State is not so far gone as it looked like against Arizona State. That said, this is a completely different animal they'll face this weekend. They're going to need that defense to play a whole lot better than it played last week against Indiana because Ohio State is a wagon. 
we will. I think it's a good measuring stick for Ohio State because this is probably the best team Ohio State has faced. Even though it might not be an elite team, it's still probably the best defense Ohio State has faced. And if Ohio State runs through these guys like they have run through the rest of their schedule, uh, maybe it will affirm my opinion that I think Ohio State might be the best team in the country. Um, they are flawless so far. And uh, Ralph, thank you so much for your time. One final question before you let you go. You want Joe Girardi for your Mets? Oh, I, I wouldn't mind it at all. I could bring Joe Girardi in that binder to uh, to City Field. I would be okay with that. I have a, I suspect he'll end up with the Cubs. I don't know what the news of the, the that is out in the Midwest, but I'm just assuming he will end up with the Cubs, but I'd take Joe Girardi. I think Joe Girardi has too much of a personality and too many opinions to, uh, to for, for this front office to want him here too badly, unfortunately, and that's coming from a Cubs fan. Well, like I said he'd be welcome at City Field as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, same here with Wrigley Field. I just think that the my wishes and what actually is going to happen are probably two different things. Ralph, this was a lot of fun. <laughs> Appreciate you taking the time. Okay, anytime, Pete. Anytime, Nick. Thanks, guys. Time now to wrap up the show the way we do it each and every week on the College Football News Podcast with Nick Shepkowski and Pete Futek. Rapid Fire, Power 5. One question about each of the Power 5 conferences that I give to Pete, and he gives me an answer, and sometimes we debate it back and forth, sometimes we disagree. Pete, we start in the ACC. Is Clemson still the safest pick for the college football playoff after their near escape against North Carolina? Kind of has to be because everyone else has a nasty game. If you look at all the other top teams, they all either play each other. Or, I mean, sometimes I have to do it twice with Ohio State potentially having to play uh, Wisconsin twice. And, yeah, you look at what all these other teams, all the landmines they got to go through, and what does Clemson have left? Nothing. They're, I keep saying this. Uh, they got, what, Wake Forest? That's their big game left. They just have nothing on the schedule. They had better go 13-0 and because this ACC is way, way down. Yeah, if they don't go 13-0, and they're not going to the college football playoff it feels a little bit to me like that 2014 Florida State team that ran the table went undefeated with Jameis Winston and company but it was like a couple times in there the Notre Dame game they get the benefit of the penalty being called the Clemson game that year I forget who the backup quarterback was with Winston out they barely escaped that and it was like by the time they got to the playoff and took on Oregon Damn near everybody knew what was going to happen that Rose Bowl. And Marcus Remember, Mariota though, and, and company Clemson did that. in the past, they lost to Nathan Peterman and James Conner's pit team and went on to play for the national championship. They struggled uh, against an NC State team that they should have lost to. They almost lost to Syracuse last year. They did lose to Syracuse two years ago and ended up at the number one seed. They've been they, they turn it on. I think this will be a better team as the season goes on. They just don't play anybody. Yeah, that's there's no question about that with what the ACC is this season. We transition to the Big Ten, and not sure if you've been paying attention, but Penn State, a 59-0 win at Maryland last Friday. They get Purdue this week. No reason to think that they don't uh, score at ease against that team that's struggling right now. Are the unbeaten 4-0, 14th-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions is it the best team that no one's talking about? I don't know, only because I think Maryland might just really be bad. I it's, I don't want to put too much into this, 
But they're playing well. You want to talk about you know the, the overrated, underrated, who doesn't give enough look? James Franklin is putting together another good team. I'm still not ready to put it in the top three of the Big Ten East teams, but it certainly came up with a big performance. And it might be a no-name team, but they do seem to have a lot in place where they could at least beat a Michigan or a Michigan State or at least two of the three top teams and make this a really interesting season. Yeah, the Pitt game's confusing a couple weeks ago where they snuck out with the victory in that one, but God, you hang up a 59 spot on a on a Maryland team that had just beaten the wheels off of Syracuse, and I know Syracuse isn't the same team as a year ago, but it was still a damn impressive win. The Penn State team turning heads, and you're you said it, James Franklin. My goodness, for for not ever having like the big time marquee, like big time bowl win or any of that. He has that program up and He's running. He's a Big Ten championship, so that uh, that's that's at least something. It is, and it was also a year he lost two games, so it's kind of a weird one of those weird rare ones where you win the Big Ten despite that. But you're right, he did win a Big Ten and gets all the credit in the world for doing so. Uh, transitioning to the Big Twelve, how real is this Baylor thing as they sit four and zero and with a win over an Iowa State team that got a lot of preseason love uh, a week ago? It's a different sort of Baylor team. It's is not the Art Bryles type of you know, go out there and hang 60 points in the first quarter type of team. This is a defensive team. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Charlie Brewer, their quarterback, has yet to throw a pick this year. It's a grinding sort of team. I, it's, I don't know if this will work. I they just don't have the firepower to keep up in the big, big 12 games. Uh, but they're still surviving and advancing. They're still undefeated. And if they win this game, all of a sudden they're going to be in that mix of who is the second best team in the big 12. They're going to have a little bit of a claim to it. Yeah, because, I mean, you see Kansas State this week, road game, it's going to be tough. Texas Tech, a very winnable game the week following that. And then it gets a little interesting. Road games against Oklahoma State and TCU before uh, hosting Oklahoma and Texas. Before no, a solid start for Baylor with a couple winnable games here before uh, the going gets real tough. But, yeah, it's, it's a Baylor team that I was not that high on entering this season. And it's not to say there are any great shakes, but they're definitely uh, turned the head worthy a little bit early on so far this year. Pete, you asked me earlier, did I know the first and second place there, the teams tied atop the Pac-12 South, and I couldn't think of it because they're two teams that I thought of at the preseason weren't going to be in contention for anything. They both had, um, Arizona had an ugly loss very early on at Hawaii. Colorado has played well enough to, to be where they're at at this point. Is there any chance that these two teams playing this week, the unbeaten, at least in Pac-12 play teams, the Arizona Wildcats and Colorado, what are the chances that one of these actually is playing in the Pac-12 title game the first week of December? Well, let's eliminate UCLA, so take them out of that mix. Arizona State's really good. Utah's obviously still great. They might, I think they're probably still the best team in the South. USC, they're good but flaky. Uh, Colorado is playing well. They've got the pieces. I, I've always been a Steven Montez fan. I've always liked him as kind of, he's got the pro tools. He just hasn't been able to quite put it all together. Their receiving core is right up there with the best in the Pac-12. Their defense isn't quite there, but they are so explosive and they're a whole lot of fun. I think they take out Arizona. Arizona this week. Okay. Colorado Mel Tucker, I being a Bears fan and being a Bears observer, I sat through the Mel Tucker thing in Chicago and I couldn't understand why defenses that he coached at Alabama were so good. Sure, there's great players, but Mel Tucker had still had his fingerprints on it. I don't want to believe in this Colorado thing, 
But that win over Arizona State, I sure as hell did not see coming a couple weeks ago. They're fun. They're they, a fun team. They are that in that game against Nebraska where they seemed like that game was all but over and was going to walk out with a Nebraska win. Credit to the Colorado for hanging in there, fighting along, and then stealing the victory in overtime there. But I, I, I kind of think I'm with you more on the Utah getting things right. Uh, USC's schedule very daunting still, but I'm, I'm betting against either of these teams playing the fi- the first week in December representing the Pac-12. Finally, SEC-wise, there's great in the SEC. We know that. Bama, Georgia, LSU, and Joe Burrow. All that's going on. But that gap, that divide between the great and everything else in that conference feels like it is as steep as ever, and it's maybe a conference that isn't quite as deep as we remember it being in uh, in years past. Yeah, it, it, Mississippi State falling off the map. Uh, that defense didn't hold from last year to this year, and the offense hasn't followed suit. So uh, it's just, it, you're right, you've got the three killers. Florida and Auburn are in there, and then Missouri's kind of in that middle area, but they did lose to Wyoming to start the season. And then there's just a whole lot of eh. Mississippi State, again, not that good. Ole Miss isn't very good. Arkansas isn't good. Vanderbilt's not good. Kentucky's not any good now that they lost Terry Wilson. Their quarterback situation's a mess. It's just you have the haves and the have-nots. And so if you're those top five teams, you got to rip through everyone else because eventually you're going to have to play those good teams. That's Pete Futek. I'm Nick Shepkowski. It's the College Football News Podcast. Pete, when we reconvene in here in next week, What are our main storylines? What's the main headlines? What's the main takeaway from what we watch in week six? Well, we're going to so Florida or Auburn's going to be one of the stars of the show. And I still think that, again, keep an eye on Oregon. I, see what they do against Cal. I know if they blow them out, it's not going to make a, a big splash on the national radar. But that's one of those teams just to kind of keep an eye on. That's Pete Futek. I'm Nick Shepkowski. Big thanks to Ralph Russo from the AP for joining us on this episode. If you'd like, check out collegefootballnews.com. The full interview, all 25 minutes or so with Ralph Russo, is posted there so be sure to check that out. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us, College Football News, on iTunes and anywhere that you get your podcasts from. We'd appreciate that. We'd appreciate you rating it and leaving a review, as long as it's positive as well. For Pete Futek, I'm Nick Shepkowski. It's the College Football News Podcast. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll talk again next week.